Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. I think we've gone from my sound being absolutely borked to my sound being unsettling. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's why I rushed that opening line there, because I'm, I'm quietly... I'm, I'm disconcerted, not going to lie. Sending, <laughs> sending shivers down everyone's spines. Not yeah, necessarily it's in a good way. It's great, isn't it? I'm really enjoying myself. I'll stop. It's like you've I'll, been possessed by a chaos demon or something. I'll, I'll, I'll stop doing it deliberately. I might slip out from time to time. You feeling all right? Yeah, I feel great. Any warp rifts open up in your area? Not, not that I, not that I noticed. I think I've just found my calling as unsettling people over the radio. You could, you could have me read out the shipping forecast for people trapped at sea, and they'd think they were in some sort of Lovecraftian horror film. Well, no, because I think those guys all sound like that. So that's probably true. You do also, have a voice for the radio. Also, our mutual friend uh, would be very unhappy if I got to read the shipping forecasts before him. <laughs> Is that right? Mm. Interesting. It's his eyes. Uh, it's Vivian's um, sort of life goal is to read out the shipping forecast on Radio 4, which is an amazing life goal. That is kind of an amazing life goal. I rate that. It's great, isn't it? Um be a shame for for him to give up his comedy, though. Um, for anyone listening, do go, do go check out the Awkward Silence. They are yes. very good. They are very good. Shout they out to very, the Awkward very, very Silence. Um, I but, went to see them not long ago, um, and then the very next day tested positive for COVID. So hopefully they are still with us. <laughs> I was going to say, if they're, died. Not, if they're not currently touring, you know who to blame. <laughs> Except they don't know my real name, so... Joke's no. on them! <laughs> no, they don't. Uh... Not, not but, because I don't necessarily want people to know my real name. I, th- I feel this is actually just easier to say. It is. You, you've sort of committed to this anonymity now as well, which is great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's actually caused some confusion, I must say. Um, so it's like saying to someone that I, I do a podcast and like, yeah, but your name's not Vib. I was like, yeah, I, I realize that. <laughs> we had a, we had but a I'm telling of, you, it's me. <laughs> it is me, honest. <laughs> Yeah, at least at least I, you know, people recognise my name with my voice. Well, except Although your real name's today. actually Mark, isn't it? So, oh well, yeah, there is that. There is yeah. that. Anyway, <laughs> this is a this is a callback all the way back to episode twenty six. Yeah, it's nuts that it's been that long, huh? I nearly, said- nearly. Nearly fifty percent ago. That's not a sentence. Ne- nearly. Nearly a year ago? That can't be right. No, we were we were doing more... Actually, no, it would have been a year ago. It's about wow. that, isn't it? That's, that puts a lot of things into perspective. That is quite scary. Um, yeah, don't think I like that. Anyway. I also like that we, at the time of us doing that one, we sort of went, oh yeah, these are really fun, we should do them all the time. <laughs> Never done one since. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, yeah, the astute amongst you, or people who read the episode titles, will have realised that we're doing another You Wake Up As episode. Uh, uh, yeah, YWUA. Classic. Yeah. 
some something where the the acronym is actually harder to say than just saying <laughs> all four words. Significantly harder, actually. Why yeah. W U A? God, we're idiots sometimes. Why you? Uh, you, you, yeah, you, you wake wa. up as you, wa. you wake up as. Uh, last time, of course, we we famously did Joffrey Baratheon. Best, I think it was the best post that Reddit has ever had, as far as I'm concerned. Oh shit! Yeah, it was your post, wasn't it? It was. I'd forgotten that. It's like the best thing you've done. Sorry, no, it's the uh, the second best Reddit post ever after EA's. Don't you want to feel a sense of accomplishment? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that was the best Reddit post ever. Your best Reddit post ever. (laughs) It was absolutely mine. Uh, So yeah. you wake up as Joffrey was very well received at the time. We've had a lot of people get in touch to say that they'd like us to have another crack at it, which you know we're we're doing it now, so we do listen to the feedback eventually. Yeah, we just uh, ignored all the suggestions for the characters. Well, yeah, because Henry VIII was a stupid suggestion. Henry VIII is a stupid suggestion. Yes, you, but, you wake up as Henry VIII and you instantly just kill yourself. Right? You know, not not instantly. I probably eat some things that are currently illegal first. Uh, you think? I'm I'm curious. I feel like Tudor cooking could be pretty decent. Oh, like I don't it, know, man. Like in a give you goat sort of way. Like that guy must have been eating well to say how much goat he had by the time he died. Yeah, maybe. It depends. Yeah, if you wake up as him with with already raging gout. I'm, oh yeah, I'm no, sure no, no. I want to. I want to wake up not long after my brother has died in a jousting accident. I think. Yeah. Did you see there? There was a um, a post doing the rounds on socials, you know, of what Henry VIII would look like. And it's not times. good, is it? It's not good. No, like he <laughs> is. He is your white van, you know, yeah, driver. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um. Yeah. So I guess we have done. You wake up as Henry VIII. Then you eat some yeah. food. You eat know, your food. gout flares up, and um, go jump in the Thames. All- <laughs> that will be all she wrote. Jump in the Thames. That's a slow and painful death. I did not know that. True. Oh, maybe not that way. Uh, but I think we might have actually been successfully timely this time. So we're recording at a point that is timely. And if our back of an envelope maths actually works out, this episode will also release at a time that is timely. I mean, it won't, let's be honest. No, because there's no way that we will correctly predict Games Workshop's release schedule, but we might do. We might do. Uh, so, having correctly predicted that the Lion, Lionel Johnson, would be the Primark, the next Loyalist Primark coming back for Games Workshop's Warhammer 40k. Uh, well, actually, we didn't quite get it right, because we said for 10th edition. He is for 10th edition, though. Like, I know he's closing uh, yeah. out. I know he's closing out ninth, but actually, yeah. he, that's a tenth edition release. I think. I think what happened is Games Workshop listened to our podcast and like, ah, we're gonna screw with those guys. So. <laughs> we'll show these two sp- people yeah. specifically. Jokes on them because we've now timed this episode perfectly for the actual release mm. of Lionel mm. Johnson. So his model released for pre-order two days ago, Saturday. Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I tried uh, to access like fifteen minutes after. And the website was completely was borked. Really, so. That was really funny. It was it was handled with characteristic Games Workshop style, so they didn't order enough models, and they were all bought by scalpers, which was great. 
Yeah, but, I, I don't know about how much I believe that. Well, there are a lot of them on eBay for like 250 quid. Yeah, maybe. So it's just such an odd thing to scalp in my opinion. I, I don't, well, I don't really get scalping is, at the best of times, but. This is the conversation that you and I were having, though, because I sort of don't, well, I don't, don't approve of scalping. I'm never going to approve of scalping. I think scalpers are taking advantage of, taking advantage of some of the worst elements of humanity. But also, if someone's willing to pay 250 quid for, for a piece of plastic that in three months' time they'd be able to buy for 30 quid, I feel like that's kind of on them. Um, it's not a limited edition. It's not a limited release. Indomitus, it might be slightly different, but literally the Lion model will release, if we've timed this correctly, in about six weeks' time. And you'll just be able to buy it. I sort of get what you're saying. The issue is that that's kind of always true. Not always, of course. There are, I guess, limited edition things. I I don't really know how how much of a problem scalping is for limited edition materials. It's quite bad. bad. I would assume so, yeah. But I feel that in particular companies should just do a better job of you know, limiting the number of purchases or something. Limit the number of purchases, require you to have made a verified account beforehand. Limit your number of purchases to one, one per address, one per delivery address, not one per account. And if it's a real problem, do made to order and increase the price yeah. by 10%. There, done. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you in that people are just so impatient nowadays, right? It's, That's my issue. Because when, when the Xbox came out and the PS5 came out and stuff, it's like, oh... What whatever will we do now that we can't get our hands on these consoles because it's been you know scalped etc. Like, it's not that big a deal. Just wait, you know. I, I, don't, yeah, don't buy I, them off eBay when you know when just feeding the problem. Scalping is something that is entirely within the gift of the community to fix. That's the other side of it. Just don't buy them. Scalpers scalpers will go out of business in like two release cycles if you yeah. just don't buy them. But anyway. It's a, it's a niche market, right? Because uh, you'd assume that it's not the super rich who go on eBay to buy their PS5s. That, that somehow doesn't feel right. I don't really understand who is buying. There may be something much more nefarious going on, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Bits. That's, that's um, the other thing. Some of it could just be money laundering. Well, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I, I don't know who's buying, who's paying for, you know. 1200 quid for a ps5 or 250 quid for you know a plastic model of lionel johnson right you know and three off meta blade guard yeah so let's talk about that a little bit um i know we're delaying the wake up ads because i think we both have no clue what we're going to do but currently the lion is being released as his model with three random blade guards mm. um, my understanding though is that when he actually gets released you can just buy him on his own which Honestly, just feels well. I guess you have to work out the price a little bit. Uh, maybe the blade guard come at a, a reduced cost because they're bundled with him. I don't know, but I think I think it boils down to Games Workshop made a load of blade guard sprues, 
and have been shoving them in every box set they can get their hands on because no one wants to buy them. Which is a shame because I've got some of them and they're they're very nice models. I'll say yeah, I've seen I've seen yours and I've seen the the actual ones. Um, I, I, the, the, there's just so many options you could have picked from from a Dark Angels specific. Yeah. You know, set that. I, why? Why go for like generic marines? It's, it just feels a little bit odd. Because if you release, like for example, New Deathwing, they'll sell on their own. Yeah, you can that, sell, you can that sell is everything the, for more. That is the answer. But just package him with like some random DA vets or something. You know, just yeah, get some robes going. Like, that feels like the answer, doesn't it? Just a tactical squad and a Dark Angels upgrades. Yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... I don't know. Blade veterans... Because I don't think they even come with uh, DA upgrade sprues, so you're making just vanilla Blade Yeah, guards. And, and the vanilla ones, let's be honest, they, they pretty much just look like Ultramarines. Well, they don't look like anything. They're just... No, exactly. They've just, got no tailoring whatsoever. Yeah. And it's a benefit of the Dark Angels, I guess. You just paint them in, like, the sort of bone white or black or green and you know yeah <laughs> they will it. look authentic enough that's that's fair it's not like trying to do blood angels or something where they've all got to have weird like silly blood angels extra hair. stuff yeah 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 with the dark if they're not wearing a robe they're just a regular yeah, dude exactly. and everyone's fine. kind of fine with it <laughs> the hierarchy in the dark angels is if you don't have any robes you're probably not going to last you you are the cannon fodder <laughs> exactly yeah so, exactly. So, so give us a bit of color to this. So So yeah, I mean so, so kind of is not a bad as... segue actually. So I was reading up a little bit on the on the storyline of 40k in general and sort of what, what's been happening and it's chaotic to say the least. Um hey, hey. Ezekiel or Ezekiel, I don't really know how you would say that. E- Ezekiel yeah, it's just spelt weird, isn't it? Like, I guess. Yeah, but it's definitely Ezekiel. He was always going to fall to chaos with a name spelt like that. But yeah, Ezekiel Abaddon, or Abaddon, depending on how you want to say that as well. He's just confusing all around, that guy. Um, but yeah, he launches the 13th Black Crusade, um, and it's actually for once, a, you know, like a, a, a decent crusade. <laughs> he, he he does something, he achieves something. Well, he, bra- he breaks the Cadian Gate. He uh, does, well, yes, I mean, it costs him... A lot, but he does he, manage it. <laughs> as, as I understand it, and I think you've been looking into this more recently than I have, what what, what Abaddon, Abaddon did was throw a star fort at a planet. Yeah, so he had a Blackstone Fortress. Um, which, which is like a moon-sized star fort built by some precursor race. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think he was just going to use the guns because, you know, why wouldn't you? But then the Imperial Fists show up, as they do, and destroyed said guns. And he clearly just thought, well, joke's on you, I'm just going to throw the whole thing at the damn planet, and so If I can't play with it, no one can. <laughs> exactly. The ultimate um, throwing, throwing your toys out of the pram and at a planet. Well, uh, I guess the question remains if it's still intact. It might well be. Potentially. Um, but the, the planet very much isn't. So Cadia exploded. Yeah, and so Cadia was the sort of major defense against these crusades from essentially hell. Yeah, it was literally the gateway to hell, um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better description. Like, it's the one planet stood between reality and the Eye of Terror, which is where all 
crazy chaos shenanigans seem to be holed up. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so Cadia's blown up, which created a whole load of bloody problems <laughs> for mm, so everyone involved. It, it split the galaxy in half, didn't it? There's this great circadic maledictum, or whatever it's called, yeah. which is essentially a, a, a rift into the warp, into hell, that cuts through the middle of the Milky Way, splits the Imperium in two. Yeah, it's the Imperium in two, which which for the Imperium is obviously a, a big issue, and the sort of the light of the Emperor is lost on the on the far side. Well, it's for- lost. It's lost throughout the entire Imperium first, and then they reestablish it in the yeah. non-terrible bit because the, the, the psychic shock is just so yeah huge. There's also like a really brief thing which I never got, which I haven't got any closure on yet. But the, like someone decides that the Emperor's actually dying. Like, the, the golden throne can't uh, be repaired and stuff. It's like I've read, okay. I've read, I've read those books. So that's in the Vaults of Terror series. I don't know how canon those are. Well, everything is canon, not everything is true. To quote Dan Abnett or Aaron, <laughs> yeah, but he won't say that because he has to fucking fix it's, the mess. It's, it's one of the big Black Library writers. Right, there might have been like. Graham McNeil or someone said that way back when. But essentially the idea is that everything that was is written in the Black Library exists and is like true for the people in it, yeah. but it, not all of it it's not is true, objectively true. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... So it, it, I was going to say, in the Vaults of Terror series, the ADMAC, the Adeptus Mechanicus, Mechanicum? Mechanicus, uh, discover that the golden throne is failing, essentially. Yeah. So they get in touch with the Dark Eldar to see if the Dark Eldar are capable of repairing the throne because the Dark Eldar, know. because the throne is an Eldar construct with human additions, and it doesn't go particularly well for well anyone really. I mean, shocking that really, because mm. it turns out that. The Dark Eldar were, they've built their own version of the Golden Throne and they were going to take some genetic residue material from the bits that the Admech gave them to run tests on to clone and rebuild a proxy of the Emperor to power their own version of the Golden Throne to enable them to leave Komara. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, one day we should tackle something like the Dark Elder, because I think they're really, really interesting, but in a completely messed up, inscrutable way. <laughs> yeah, well, also, can you? that's a sentence that has just come out of my mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes t- total sense as well. <laughs> what? Somehow. The Black Library is amazing. The Black Library is amazing. It's just completely, um, no, sorry. So yes, the, the Golden Throne may it, or may not be failing. Yeah, the regardless, I mean, so, so the, universe, the, the, the galaxy is split in half. Um, yeah. And it's sort of around this point that they were like, right, um, shit's getting real, so let's bring back Rabute. Yeah, into this into this galaxy of, of terror and chaos comes Mr. Bland himself. Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar in space. <laughs> to be fair, I've, I've, I give him a lot of shit. Like, there are so many reasons why he is the correct Primarch to have come back and the one that the Imperium needs. But 
It's, yeah, yeah I mean, boring. you know, I, I also joke at his expense, but you know, he, he wakes up after 10,000 years of, of slumber and then instantly, like, starts murdering um, efficiently, so... The the first thing, I think his first act on waking up is to throw a Black Legion Terminator through six pillars. Yeah. Just picks picks this, like, two-ton lad up and chucks him across the room. Which exactly, whereas I, I feel like I would have probably stretched a little bit, you know. I'd have asked for a coffee. Oh, yeah, for sure, but, you know, I'm assuming that that happened, otherwise he's just not human. I, mean, I know he's a Primark and all, but maybe, there are some things that I don't believe. Maybe maybe it was sort of, you know, when sometimes when you wake up and you have that initial, like, mad burst of energy and you leap out of bed and start pottering around the kitchen at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then 20 minutes later you go, oh, good God, I need a coffee. <laughs> maybe it exactly. was just that exactly <laughs> that terminator just timed it really badly like you should have waited for him to be post coffee and then it would have only been four pillars yeah exactly and anyway so the, the, the whole the whole the whole reason i sort of went back, back this far is to essentially mm. say you know the 13th black crusade by by um abaddon and and, and co really messed shit up yeah um, we had we saw another battle for terror which, you know, obviously hadn't happened in a long time. Uh, Korn mm. got very angry that, you know, <laughs> it was such a disaster for chaos. It was um, slightly bungled. Slightly bungled. Uh, and then in the midst of all that, the Tyranids just, just show up because that's what the Tyranids do and very nearly take out all the Blood Angels and their successor chapters and very bad things would have happened um, if they got a hold of the, you know, well, that's, gene yeah, seed the, there. The, the big fear there is that they were on... Baal, which is the Blood Angel's homeworld, which is also the tomb world of Sanguinius. And there was a there was a very real concern that they might eat Sanguinius and thus absorb his yeah, DNA. The slight issue I have to... with that is that they've absorbed Blood Angels. Um, I... And I'm pretty sure if there's anyone in the galaxy who is like, you know, any race that is like an expert in genetics, it's probably the Tyranids. Mm. So I feel they could easily reverse engineer Sanguinius's stuff. <laughs> Potentially, but none of the Blood Angels have wings. No, it, no, but a lot of Tyranids do, so I'm sure they can no, just I, fill in the blanks. You know, it's like my, Jurassic Park. You just add a little bit of frog to your dinosaur and there you go. My, my, my point was more, I think, the, the gap between Sanguinius and the rest of the Blood Angels might be larger than yeah, between some but, other Primarchs and their sons. I mean, wings are also expensive. I don't see the mechanic of making wings for everyone. You know, Sanguinius, sure, you can have some wings, but because they're totally not biological, they're obviously just props, mate. Obviously. Why? Why on earth would he have wings? He's a human. <laughs> well, I think this is a question that he often asks himself: Why do I have wings? This doesn't make sense. And also, the emperor's just shaking his head, going, "Just take them off, mate." <laughs> It's not they, that big a deal. Got, they've got a got like a clip on them. <laughs> just take them off. Just press that button. Ah, oh, anyway, there's, um, a, there's, a, there's a great scene. Uh, there's a great scene in one of the Siege of Terror books where Sanguinius uh, is flying around, like stabbing titans in the eye or something, and he's just running the calculations in his head for how big his uh, uh, breastbone would actually need to be in order to support the musculature for wings that would actually enable him to fly. Do you know how birds yeah. have that elongated breastbone that yeah, all yeah, their, yeah. their flight mode? And it needs to be like three meters long. 
And he just sort of looks down at his chest and goes, huh. Oh, well, it's probably fine. <laughs> well, I guess there's proof that Sanguinus is a bit of an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> the nits show up, bad stuff happens, and and in, in what becomes very quickly the theme of, of anything post-Cadia blowing up is that shit gets really bad, and then Robute Gilliman shows up with just hordes of ultramarines and other space marine chapters to save the day. Um, although in the case of Baal, there's also something to be said for you know certain corn <laughs> demons to also show up and do there's, stuff, but that's entirely a, unclear a, what happens there. There's a real element of if I can't have them, no one can going on with corn and the Blood Angels, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there really is. Because like one of the premier corn demons shows up and seemingly takes care of yeah a lot of the tyrants also like a warp storm which usually means there's some sort of chaos involvement um yeah but yeah so gilliman's essentially just he, he just sort of shows up anywhere at all times casually also tells dante to you know take charge of imperium nihilus which i think is just hilarious you're, you're in charge of half the galaxy now bye yeah and it's and, it, and by the way it's the shit half <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy but, but i wanted to die nope <laughs> go, go there when no one can hear you so we don't have to listen to your whining about this whole death thing uh, also new Dante coming out around the, about the same time as the lion presumably so. yippee that's going to be great um, mm. I've got well, one coming for, yeah for, for for you I mean I, I don't really care that much but <laughs> for, no. for Blood Angels players it's great we're all very happy um, yes so, and then, you know, a, lo- a lot of other stuff happens. There's like the War of the Beasts that commences and, and all sorts of shenanigans. So Chaos essentially is very active at this point in time. Uh, but obviously everyone else is as well. The Tau expand massively because they're mm. like, huh, all these humans have fucked off to somewhere else, so why don't we take over? Um, the Tyrians are doing their thing. The Necrons are Necroning. I don't really know what the Necrons do. They just revive and do stuff and then go away again. Um... And and what's what's I think really odd about this whole storyline is how the Eldar seem to be very much guiding the Imperium through a lot of this, which is mm. quite odd. Um, I guess it's also where that bizarre Evrain Rebute storyline has come from. Um, but that's for another day. Can we please just not touch that one? No, no, it's fine. Um, but ultimately, what happens is a new demon shows up by the name of Vashtor. Which we've spoken about before, haven't we? Yeah, Vashtor we... the Archifane. Yeah, because it's just a, it's like a magnificent name. <laughs> it's so good. Vashtor the Archifane. And he was and he unleashes rat- the arcs of omen on the uh, on the galaxy. Like it's yeah, great. He, like this this guy knows. The, he was in the what was it the Wrath of the Soul Forge King Soul yes. King Forge King Soul yeah box like. Yeah, Games Workshop know how to name things. This guy is just, yeah, he's like, I'm here, I'm magnificent, um, everyone fear me. Gaze um, upon me. But so essentially he's he's hunting for relics. The, the nature of these relics is somewhat unclear to me. Um, mm. it, it's to complete this weapon known as the key. You know, which supposedly will kill the Imperium. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of, you know... Just take that's, my word for it stuff yeah, here, bit, I feel like. <laughs> it's a bit, bit 50-50, I think. Yeah, um, but it's it's quite nice because it, it's actually... What I like about this 13th Crusade and, and the Aftermath is that there's a lot of 
quote-unquote cooperation between the various chaos factions. I think Abaddon's actually doing quite a nice job of trying to keep shit together. Mm. Um, and Vashtor seems to be very organized. Even Angron has actually shown, like, you know, tactical nous. Like, he's he's not just some crazy demon. Like, he actually still has a brain. Yeah. And it's just quite interesting to see, uh, I, I think. Mm. And I, I guess we've had a bit of that with the, like, Plague War trilogy as well, which is Mortarian and against Gilliman, essentially. Yeah. Like, Chaos seems to be getting its shit together a bit. Yeah, very much so, and it's 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 kind of scary because Vashtor is actually quite successful at doing whatever he's trying to do. Um, yeah, like the Imperium is really getting pushed back at at, at many uh, many places. But ultimately, the the real build up, I think, when everyone sort of figured, oh yeah, the Lion's probably coming back, is when the Dark Angels. Um, they're, they're on their way to rescue something or like relieve a siege or something because they show up with like virtually the entire chapter fleet. <laughs> it's kind of nuts because obviously the Dark Angels don't really have a homeworld anymore so they fly around in their fortress monastery called The Rock because they've obviously got great naming conventions. And don't yeah. They have like, don't they have like two Gloriana classes as well still functioning? Probably. They, they like lose got- a lot in this battle. <laughs> I feel like they've still got the Invincible Reason and another one. It doesn't say. I mean, they they lose one. They lose the Revenged, the Silent Sentinel, Primax Raw, Obsidian Sword, and the Valiant Ire. Like, all quite big warships. So they lose a lot in this ensuing battle. Sorry, no, that was just that was just a half remembered thing of reading about how the Dark Angels still have a stupid fleet, and part of that comes from how stupid their fleet was like 10,000 years ago. And they had like more big battleships than anyone else but but yeah the first legion shenanigans right um yeah exactly and this is another one so so essentially they're, they're trying to relieve some system and vashtor ambushes them right right so he ambushes the rock itself uh, and he boards the rock with just a huge army of chaos mm. and and all sorts of nastiness uh, and like all the dark angel named heroes are there because you know that's one way to ensure that at least some people survive because plot armor is thick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like a lot of shit happens. It's so. So I guess the reason Vashtor does this is he he thinks that there's like a part of this key on the rock itself. Yeah. How he knows all of this is a bit beyond me, but you know, I, I just need to read Arcs of Omen actually. <laughs> warp fuckery, I think. Yeah, warp fuckery exactly. Um, like, it's, it just becomes, like, street fighting in The Rock. And this is another one where there's, like, it's really unclear. Because there's supposed to only be a thousand marines per chapter, right? But the sort of yeah. numbers that are alluded to here, because they're like, oh, half the legion's there, so that's 500 yeah, but marines. But then it no, sounds no, like no, thousands no, and thousands of them die. It's really weird. Don't, don't the, the unforgiven operate as a full legion, though? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a little it's. So it's, it's, a, it's it's a bit like the chapters of the blood uh, for the for the dark for the blood angels, but because it's the dark angels, more secretive and also more not okay. Yeah, but they also have all these successor chapters, so it's, it's just it's no, just but, unclear. But my point is the the successor chapters are directly subservient to Azrael and the the blood angels, yeah, but, but, the, the but, dark angels high command. But the way it's, it's written is like I don't think they're there. Oh. Who knows? It, it does seem to be specifically Dark Angels and a lot of Deathwing and Ravenwing. 
for which the numbers also make no sense because like it's always Deathwing and Ravenwing, and <laughs> they're only like two companies of the- anyway. That's another debate as, 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 again. Yeah, 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 let's do that one later. So Vastral shows up to try and do stuff. Uh, Luther obviously escapes at some point throughout all this. Mm. And then what what I find really amusing is that Azrael, so the supreme grand master of the Dark Angels, fights um, Vashtor. And he's like losing pretty handily until Bellacor just shows up and Vashtor's like, oh, I should probably deal with that. So the, for the people listening who have absolutely no clue what we're talking about, Bellacor is just another demon. Yeah, he's he's like all shadowy and cool. Um, yeah, the Dark Master—that's what that's what <laughs> people call him. And, and so yeah, Vashtor clearly doesn't like this guy, and, and I'm, I'm guessing the feelings mutual. So they they start to fight, and then yeah, slowly but surely things just change. And then of course, as as is the theme, as I said before, the Ultramarines show up <laughs> and win win the day. Um, so so we are in a situation where the Dark Angels were like fully crippled off the back of this. And then you wake up as Lionel Johnson, who is in the Rock. Well, well, he may or may not be in the Rock. That's where he supposedly is. Uh, only Azrael knows, and the weird watchers in the dark, who I'm sure won't turn out to be. Does Azrael know? I thought Azrael didn't know. He's he's apparently the only. Uh, or did he? Was he the or only one who he... knew that Luther was there? Yeah, he, so as I understood it before, that, yeah, only the Lion's Watchers there. know about yeah. Lion, uh, but the Supreme Grand Master knows about or knew about Luther. Yeah, because uh, Luther, first of the Fallen, has Luther being interviewed by Grand Masters of the Dark Angels. Yeah, exactly. So, so they know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, so, so the Lion may or may not have been awake for some time and forest walking. Because that's a new thing that we all know about, of course. He can just sort of teleport to any forest anywhere in the galaxy. Yeah, he just sort of travels the warp, I guess. Astral projection. Astral projection, quote unquote. Who knows? I'm learning a lot about 40k recently. Like, uh, I've yeah. just sort of learned that living saints are just kind of imperial demon princes, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> that that's a good one. Uh, the what happens to Celestine every time she dies and is reborn is particularly horrific. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah. that's just just going into the nut the insanity that is 40k. We can do another time. We're half an hour into this this episode entitled You Wake Up as Lionel Johnson. So yeah, shall we actually up. Shall we actually just wake up? We've woken up. What do we do? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, so you wake up with the Dark Angels in, in a bit of a state. You wake up with right. Luther gone. Uh, you wake up with the Imperium in complete and utter ruin. Mm-hmm. You wake up with chaos rampant. Right. And worst of all, I think you wake up with nobody other than Robute Gilliman as, you know, of of your brothers alive. Yeah, well, got, and, and full grim and angry. I've got no real, no peers on my side except... Gilliman, do I? You've got Gilliman, um, and then you. What I always Vulcan. find really odd about these guys waking up is that Lion will wake up and, and look at Azra and go like, "Who the fuck are you? And why have you got my helmet?" Um, then he'll one. probably meet I'd someone like, like my helmet back, please. <laughs> and then, then you know, Gilliman he'll be like, "Oh, you know, you know, I can, I can maybe respect you." Then he'll meet people like Dante and be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know. <laughs> Why do I care that you might be a big deal? You're, you're just not to me. 
because yeah. Primarchs are just on a whole different level of shithousery. That's, that's true. I mean, Gilliman shows respect to Dante, but that's sort of because Gilliman takes the time to find out about him and like ask around, you know, who's a big dog. I don't know that the lion would do that because I don't think he'd care. I don't think he'd care. He just, yeah, I, I really don't see him particularly caring about that sort of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, the oh. the Imperium's fucked. Um, Robuto's doing some stuff. Um, he's also, more just crowned I'm, himself like Lord Ruler of the Imperium, hasn't he? So that's Lord, potentially something to worry about. He's, he's Imperial Regent, which yeah. is definitely Uncle Malkador's title and not yours, Gilliman. So not sure how I feel about that. Although we, we don't hate each other as much as the fandom would have you believe. This is something with with the lion. I, I, I just don't think he. I, I don't know that I care. I don't think he hates any of them as such. Maybe the night haunter once upon a time. He, hate, but, he hates Conrad, but I think he just he's just he just dislikes everything. <laughs> I, I just I just don't think I like you know Gilliman is Lord Regent of the Imperium or whatever. I think my reaction, if I wake up as Lionel Johnson and I re- I discover that, I don't think I care because Gilliman can go uh, and like rule the Imperium. See, I think you do care because I think my response would be, so you're Lord, you know, you're like the Lord Regent of fuck all right now because, you know, <laughs> sorry, we only yeah, have no. half an Imperium left at best. No, I think I think that I agree with my point. Is I, I don't think I'd be going, well, I want that job. I think oh, I'd go, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he does. I don't think I don't, he does. I don't care who gets to wear the laurel crown, right? We've got to sort this problem, and it's a problem that you appear to have created. Uh, or allowed I, to subsist. Yeah. So I feel Gilliman comes back, and, and his focus is on sort of re-establishing the Imperium. My gut feeling with Lion is that he comes back and... That's that's not his primary focus. I think his primary focus is putting out the fires that are chaos. I think, etc. I think that's right. I think I'm writing a, a, a list of asses that need kicked. Essentially, yeah. Oh, so yeah, we, we are we are the line here. Yeah. So the, my first order of business is not. I, I don't care about imperial politics. I don't really care about reestablishing the imperium uh, uh, per se at this point. I'm going to take names, right? So. Ezekiel um, dead. Uh, I think yeah. Angron dead. Mortarion well, dead. <laughs> I want the, them all dead. <laughs> problem is you've you've named one person you can kill and three people you probably can't. Yeah, but you can and, probably banish them. And you say you know I don't care about the state of the Imperium. I a little bit think that I might. Like, I don't know. It's, it's no, let, let me sh- let me rephrase that. I, I think I, I I don't think you were going to restore the Imperium by by going on the crusade that I think Rabute is going on. I think you restore the Imperium by actively hunting down like the the, the big players in chaos. And apparently, I can forest walk, so I feel like I can fight in the warp. <laughs> I yeah, don't really know true. what I mean by that, but I feel, I feel like it. I feel like I might actually be convinced I could kill Angron, for example, potentially, or at least at least banish him and you know 
like far, kick, yeah. Kick, kick him back down a decent way. I almost wonder, though, if I go and have a little word with Trajan Valoris, the, the captain general of the Adeptus Custodes. Yeah. And go, all right, you've got you've got good records that go back a long, long way. Where's Vulcan? If anyone knows where Vulcan is, the Custodes know. So, so you, you would try to get more Primarchs back? I feel like having Vulcan around would be useful. Oh, specifically Vulcan, okay. Specifically Vulcan. Well, he's sort of the only loyalist that I can easily put my hands on. Based on our conversation, like based on the last time we spoke about Primarchs, Russ somewhere in the warp, the Khan somewhere in the warp, Korax. Yeah, but- if I see Korax, probably killing him because he looks like a demon. Yeah, but you see again somewhere in the warp. I feel if you're the lion, this is when this whole forest walking thing is is just a bit nuts. Yeah, I'm not buying this though. I'm not having this. Ah, oh, turns out that the lion can forest walk, so he can just go anywhere he wants. Like it doesn't. Yeah, I, but feels wrong. I don't like watchers, it. Watchers, man. Watchers are just weird. Maybe the watchers is the answer. It feels like, but it's sort of the Vulcan is tangible. Are I Sean? know that Vulcan is just sitting on a planet somewhere farming. Right? I feel like the Custodes would know where he is. I'm getting that name out of Trajan Valoris. I'm getting the name of that planet. I'm hopping on my, on the Invincible Reason. And I'm going there and I'm going, oi, alright, you've had your break. Get some armor on. Pick up your feckin' hammer. We've got some smacking to do. Also, can you build you, me a new sword? Because apparently I don't have a sword. No, he's got a great sword. It's, it's called... Yeah, no, I don't want that. I want either the lion sword or I want a sword made for me by Vulcan. The fact that it's called Fealty is a bit odd, isn't it? It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's very it, on the it's nose. The whole, it's the whole loyalty as its own reward thing yeah. that he's got going on. See, see, I, 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 I wouldn't go for Vulcan. No. I know where my sword is. If any, if I want my sword back, I'm going to go and get it. But, but do you? Cypher's got it. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But, but do you know where Cypher is? Yeah, but I can't be able to hunt Cypher. That's no, boring. But, but, but Cypher no, will come no, to no, me but you, eventually. You start that, this is this is Lionel Johnson, right? The man who literally chased um, uh, the Night Haunter around the galaxy. Like, I'm going to go on a hunt. Sure, and I'll start with also. the first one. I'll start with fucking Vashtor because he invaded the rock. Um, yeah, no, those that that's getting Vashtor's getting absolutely spanked back into the warp. No questions asked. And then and then you just work your way up the chain, you know? Maybe. Until one of these damn traitors is going to tell me where Cypher is. What do you and do actually, about given that we so uh, given that is we wake up as Gilliman, right? So we do have some knowledge, <laughs> some prior yeah. knowledge. Uh, I I would be tempted to go to Terra and and have a little word with Daddy. And be yeah, like, no, so tell me about Cipher because I kind of want my sword back. <laughs> I would I would definitely spend be going to Terra first. I think probably on the ship I'm building a little list of questions that I want to ask people on Terra. Where's Vul? I feel like knowing where Vulcan is is useful information. All right, I might not I might not get him straight away, but. It, yeah, a, yeah, but I feel uh, I wouldn't restrict myself to Vulcan. You, you'd ask around for everyone. Like if if I'm going, if it turns out that Vulcan's planet is just, you know, 
two stops on a different tube line on the way to where Cadia used to be. I'm going to take that detour to pick him up. Yeah, no, that's fair. But equally, I feel if someone says, oh, by the way, you know, Lehman Russ is over there. He can probably stay where he is for a little bit. <laughs> no, man, there's duels to be had. <laughs> As to, to be fair, we do need to punch each other a little bit exactly. first. You know, the, the, the Imperium can, can't be restored if we don't punch each other a little bit. Can we Can we just a little bit deal with the fact that Gilliman has come back as like, hasn't aged a day, completely, you know, the image of Julius Caesar, but with hair, the returning conqueror, conquering hero, avenging son, all of that. The lion has come back looking like a cross between Tywin Lannister and Davos Seaworth. It's amazing. He's just the most grumpy old man. It's perfect, isn't it? Like, what a great it's job. So but, I, but I feel like that's how he's always looked. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. I think they I, look I, exactly the same. I, I, I can't remember if who disappears. I think the lion goes first, right? Out of the survivors. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because he he rushes back to to Caliban, and then everything's fucked, mm. and he goes. And I think I think Gilliman survives for a bit longer. So I think my first question to Gilliman would be like, "How how are you alive? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened to you?" Explain. Yeah, that sounded very Dalek. That was interesting. Um, yeah, my my voice has become a little bit croaky over the last forty five minutes. It's it's yeah. not as not quite as silky as it was. The thing is, I, I fundamentally don't really care what Gilliman's up to. Well, it's not that I don't care, but I, I know that Gilliman's probably quite competent. As you say, he's not, he's he's a pretty good one to have That that's back. My, that's my theory, right? If it's me in Lionel Johnson's body, one, upgrade, thank you, but two, like, I yeah, know you, that... Yeah, you, you feel dwarfed by him. <laughs> uh, yeah, even me. I know that actually Gilliman is the right guy to have at the head of the Imperium. Yeah, and given that he seems to always show up in time to actually save the situation, I'm kind of confident that he'll keep doing that. Yeah. So I I think that, again, just buys me time to go and deal with some shit. What are you doing about the Fallen? <sighs> yeah, this is where I, I just have a frank conversation with Daddy and be like, so tell me what's up with this. Um, I think I also send out a sort of galaxy-wide communique, being like, you know, for for those who genuinely pledged, because I I know from the law that there are some fallen who would yeah. seek forgiveness from the lion and no one but the lion. So I would, well, I would try to welcome those guys back. Aren't aren't so, some of the fallen are pro lion but anti emperor, aren't they? Yeah. So I would ask for them to come back, because ultimately I just really want to know how they're still alive after 10,000 years. <laughs> yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> That's quite impressive. Like, how are you not chaos, but you're still here? Mm. I think I think that's right. And and then I, I would hope that Cypher comes out to just have a little chat about what on earth he's planning. Well, I, th- I think Cypher's a loyalist. Me too. I personally, I, I think Cypher is a, a lion loyalist. Me, me too, but, I, yeah, but I, I just don't know what his views are on the Imperium as a whole. You know who else I try and find? And this is, this is going quite as a deep cut to Dan Abnett lore. The King in Yellow. 
Uh, remind me that that rings a bell. So the king in yellow is a shadowy. Oh, heresy, isn't it? No, no, no. It's a shadowy figure in the Beckwin trilogy, which is the sequel trilogy to the Ravnor oh, trilogy. Yes, yes, that's right. But that's like right. the last page of the last book of the Beckwin trilogy gives you the king in yellow's name, or one of the names that they think might be the king in yellow's name. And it's Constantine Valdor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if Valdor is still around, probably want to have a chat with him. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a theory out there, and I don't know how well supported it is by the Beckman books, that Valdor, if he is the king in yellow, is working to kill the version of the emperor that is sitting on the golden throne in the theory that the Emperor is a perpetual who will reincarnate and the Golden Throne is preventing him from dying and thus reincarnating. That's a theory that I actually really like. I really like that theory as well. the Golden Throne is is a prison. Exactly, yeah. It's it's not keeping him alive, it's stopping him from coming back. One of these days we will have to talk about old Uncle Malkador and how I think he's the ruinous power behind what has happened. And now there's might, a theory. He might he might well be Chaos's biggest agent we've ever seen. Um, certainly most successful. Um so yeah, okay, Valdor would be quite nice to find. He's also, you know I feel like if you if you if you have the right comp- if it is Valdor and it's not confirmed that it's him, it's just a, a throwaway line from the book. And also it's only Dan Abner. But if it is Valdor He's a big fucking deal in the 30k books. He's the Primark equivalent for the Adeptus Custodes. Yeah, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. Like he has he he reckons he could take some of the Primarchs, which is ridiculous. I mean, outside that- shout, I think the, the King Yellow might well be the Emperor himself as well. But then I, I sometimes quite like the idea that everyone important is the emperor, just in different guises. I quite like. I, I do quite like this theory that actually, any time anyone unexplained appears in the books, it's just a projection of the emperor. Exactly, he's just Luke Skywalkering all over the place. <laughs> I, I still, I, I don't know. I'm still not sold on trying to sort of Easter you egg hunt. You don't uh, want I, to empire build an Easter egg hunt. Do you? you want to go and start. Well, because no, I, I feel that that Gilliman's kind of got that. I I think he'll be okay, especially especially now. Now I think is the time to just hit chaos hard, right? So I'm going to open all my toys from the Dark Age of the Technology that no one knows I still have. That's you know, true. My two gigantic battleships that are going to be essentially unbeatable, and not to mention the rock itself. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. The tell you who I, who I probably would try and speak to is someone, someone Eldar. <laughs> Don't necessarily know who, but I feel if what? anyone's going to have smart ideas on, on how to, like, contain the Eye of Terror that is now a giant curtain, you it's going to be them. I don't think I trust the Eldar, though. Do you know who I go and try and speak to, if that's what we're trying to do? The Silent King. Yeah, yeah, fair fair point. He would be up there, yeah. 
So that's a necron. Or Trazen. <laughs> or Trazen. Well, Trazen's going to put me in a box, though. <laughs> Ooh, a Primarch. Thank you. Yeah, but, you know, I'd like to see him try. Would you? I assume that we wake up as Lionel Johnson with his martial prowess, right? Yeah, but Trazen's got, like, Crocs and stuff. Yeah, fuck it. I'm Lionel Johnson, mate. I don't care. I think I think Croc, like a proto Croc, out fights Vulcan. So I'm not convinced by that one. But anyway, um, I think no. I think, the Silent King, I think, would be very interesting to speak to. I think I think uh, Eldrad Ulthran, yeah, who's the Craft World Ulthway, yeah, Farseer, essentially like big dog psychic dude well i mean i recently sent you something from reddit that um you know from someone having decided that they wanted to paint Ulthway as their first army and is like why is everyone talking about this farcia dude and it was just a comment that essentially says oh he does this and he's like really cool and and so on and he does all these amazing things and he seems to yeah. always have like a good motivation but he's still a dick because it's 40k. It's like, yeah, that, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he might be a good person to speak to. But the problem is, I think, in a way, I think he might be a bit too much like the Emperor in that kind of, yeah, he might help me, but his view is going to be so long term that he's not going to care if his plan gets me killed. Yeah, but do I care about? Well, yeah, because you'll be the one that dies being killed. Yeah, and I guess in the rules we set out, as as you wake up as Joffrey, the, the not dying is is pretty fundamental. Yeah, but I, I also think fundamentally, as Lionel Johnson, you are going to believe that the best hope for humanity is you being alive. Like you'll you'll sell your life dearly if you need to. But you're not going to do it at some Eldar Farseer's whim. Yeah, Ulthren's not a. He's not a bad show. I think he's not a bad show. Could... But I, I th- you're right. His his term would be his vision would be very long term. I think you you probably want to try and speak to Ivrain or, or get into the Black Library. I don't know enough about Ivrain though. You're well, probably she, right. She, given that she sort of conspired to bring back Gilliman. I feel she has some sort of, not necessarily pro-Imperium plan, but an anti-chaos plan, right? Is she Inari? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's like the Inari, right? She, I, I, I genuinely don't know the st- the Gilliman coming back and the all the Inari stuff. I just, I didn't, I didn't follow. Yeah, the the there was, I think that was. Ulthran, right? Who sort of? I think I think he allowed was the Inari to become a thing, or enabled them to become a thing. Mm. But yeah, I don't know much about them because it, it, it's it, it's a really interesting faction. I think from a game mechanic, because you get you get to just you know collect Harlequins, Eldar, and Drukari, which I think is quite fun. Yeah, absolutely. I just. I... But I, I feel like I want to speak to someone non-human, and I, I don't think the tower are going to be much help. Honestly, I, I think th- I think the I silent, think... I think Necrons are not a bad choice, and I think the Elder. See, I actually think. Wow. 
I think if you can find a way to have a chat with the Silent King, I think that's really good because he is meant to have been like respectful of Sanguinius. They are meant to have met and his reaction to Sanguinius was, yeah, he's not a bad dude. So if you can be like, I'm Sanguinius's big brother, you might get something out of him and he might be able to be like, oh yeah, this is this is how you close the Eye of Terror. John, job done, don't worry about it. I'll I'll, I'll do that on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I've got a when I've got a free lunch hour, I'll, uh, I'll yeah, help yeah. you. Sort I'll that send. Out. I'll get trays in today. Don't worry about it. I think I, I think bitch slapping Abaddon across the galaxy just has to go quite high up your to do list. Apart from anything else, because I feel like it'd be really easy. Like. Abaddon is just a space marine. I'm scared of his sword. He's but... got a fan- he's got a fancy sword, but he's also just a space marine. Well, yeah, like, I mean chaos infused, but yes, he is just a space marine. Yeah, I, I I can punch space marines' heads off. Yeah, no, I mean I, I I'm right there with you. I think you bitch slap Abaddon. Like, there's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah, I think I think you do because I think if you bitch slap Abaddon, you probably need to do something about Huron Blackheart as well. But like. You can just do like, especially if the forest walking works as you think it does. Essentially, surgical strikes go in, boom, chop Abaddon in half, boom, chop Huron in half. Isn't that a terrifying concept? Imagine if at any point in time a warp rift could open up behind you and Lionel Johnson strides out, sword and shield in hand. (laughs) It's terrifying. That's quite scary. If I I were Abaddon, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be scared. I'd probably just run back into the warp and stay there for some time. I think, yeah, I think you could do a huge amount of damage to the Black Legion and sort of chaos as a whole, just with a few surgical strikes like that. Because the moment you take out Abaddon, the 13th Black Crusade falls apart because he's the only thing holding it together. Yes. Now, now the slight issue I have with taking out all the Chaos Legions is then then the Tyranids really do become a... An even bigger problem. The Tyranids are a huge problem, and I don't have a solution to the Tyranids. I think if if you can somehow circularize the rift, have it become the boundary of the galaxy, galaxy. so so the Nids have to always punch through chaos first, I'd be quite happy with that. It's not a bad idea, but aren't they coming from above and below as well? Yeah, you, you need to spherically... You know, surround the galaxy. I don't think it necessarily works, but I, I don't think it. Does. But I, I, I like the idea of using chaos as a shield to for the Tyranids. It feels poetic somehow. Isn't the best shield for the Tyranids the Necrons? <sighs> yeah, but I I just don't understand how the Necrons work well enough. You know, potentially. Like I don't. I just don't really get them. Again, the Silent King, I'm sure, can can explain a few things. Like, I feel like I just say, can I borrow a tachyon arrow? Like, and throw it at the the Tyranids. Like, the the Necron power level just makes no sense. <sighs> yeah, they can pop stars. They just just oh, that star doesn't exist anymore. Bye. Yeah, there's definitely some like old one throwback. Yeah, fuckery. There is the the deals with the Necrons, and I, and I feel ultimately they they would annihilate a Tyranid threat that faced them. 
they would, but I just don't think they... The problem is they're very antithetical to organic life. They are sort of like, you've made this comparison before, they're very like the Reapers from Mass Effect. So, yeah, they they can annihilate the, the Tyranids, but they're probably going to take out most of the Imperium at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they would do that. And also, I don't really know what happens if Tyranids consume a... I don't think um, they can. What's it world? Well, yeah, because they're they're not they're not biomass, right? Like, no, there's nothing entirely... to consume. Like they could consume everything else on the planet, but the Necrons would still just be there. I think they're entirely inorganic. That's that's definitely true. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, what you do with the Tyranids. I think they're they're very scary. I think I honestly think if I wake up as the lion tomorrow, I I would ignore the Tyranids. I think that's the answer. I think it's a slow burn threat. What you do is you task Belisarius Cole with stop making like new stupid guns for your Primaris Space Marines. That's a termagant because I I caught you one. I need you to build me a virus that kills that and only that. That's a battle you're just not going to win though. Because they're organic. They're like... They're all... Outcompete your. That's not what I need to do. That's not what I need to do. What I need to do is I need to get hold of Mephiston. And I bring a, a catch, a synapse creature, something that's connected to the hive mind. And I basically go, Mephiston? Yeah. Got a job, got a job for you, idea. buddy. I need you to break the hive mind. So you've got <sighs> access to all of the psychers you could want. That's the thing, I, I don't, I, but I think the combined psychic might of the Imperium is not going to cut it against the hive mind. I don't really know what I'm basing that on, but maybe. But given the hive mind clearly exists outside this galaxy and still somehow operates within it, it's it's just scarily big. I wonder what happens if you turn the light of the Astronomicon on it. Can you burn it? Well, but again, this is this is one of the questions I'm I'm asking Daddy Ems, right? It's like, um, so do, about this whole just... Tyranid thing, what's going on there? And the answer is, of course, oh, that's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually my end game. Yeah, yeah I am the Tyranids. I got bored with humanity. So. <laughs> humanity? Oh, that was always a side project. Yeah. No, no, the, the twist is that he'll eventually mutate them back into humans, right, at the end. Of oh, the of course. Sorry, Humanids, I forgot. <laughs> um... So no, I, I think you go. The, I, I think you do go to the, to like the town. Be like, listen, guys, there's really no point us fighting each other here. Um, you know, take a few extra worlds, do whatever you want. Um, I think you just by the way, big fan of the way. Uh, you're, you're now a vassal of the Imperium. Uh, I we, might actually be tempted to join the way as the lion. That would that would throw a spanner in the works. That would be bad. Don't do that. But, uh, It'd be funny though, because you it would are be funny, like, yeah. <laughs> you are you are just like a, another living saint of the ecclesiarchy, and equally, uh, you, I might also, just take out dick. all the ethereals and then just have the towers mine. This is this is what, sort of what I think you can do with the Tau, right? Because their their control of technology and their mastery of technology is so high. They feel like useful people to have on your side. Yeah, exactly. And, and the only way they're indoctrinated is effectively just by old radio broadcasts and leaflets. You know, it's like I don't know. There's a there's a lot of suggestions that the ethereals are doing some weird pheromone shit. Yeah, yeah. But but this is where you then say Mephiston, mate. You know, 
why don't you just brainwash all of these Tau? That's horrific. Um, but yes, that is probably the way. You know, <laughs> if they can hive mind, so can we. I, th- I think what you do is you go to the Tyranids, not the Tyranids, you go to the Tau and you go, look, the, re- the only reason you exist is because we've not been paying attention. Case in point, look at me. And then probably yeah. just punch a battle suit in half. Yeah, yeah, no. just punch a, a, a manta. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh, no, you can be, if you join us, you can join us as like a, a vassal state, but you get to keep all your customs and all of that. I'm not going to enforce worship of the emperor on you or anything like that, because honestly, that's just weird. But we want you to do tech sharing with the Mechanicus. We'll teach you gene therapy. Because you don't have anything like that. You've got no juvenile treatments or anything. You teach us how to make pulse rifles. Because I'd yeah. like to give all of the Imperial Guard pulse rifles instead of LAS rifles. Fuck, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I just I just won every war the Imperium ever has that to That is horrifically terrifying, yeah. I just, I've, I've, I've just solved 40k. You, you've just made humanity way too strong. <laughs> That's just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, imagine imagine every Imperial Guardsman has a pulse rifle. Imagine like Terminators carrying rail guns. If you if you marry See, the, at, that, at that point marry it becomes the Tau less... technology to the Imperium's way of doing war, it's insane. You just win. Yeah, yeah, you just win. You just win. I think that's right. Um I think that's the answer. I think so, that's yeah, well, the answer. well, the issue there is that someone is going to try and outdo you, right? Because they'll Rabuta will be like, "No, no, these guys are Xenos. We must kill them." I bet, like, mate. If rain, yeah, yeah, but, but we weren't going to go there. <laughs> no, no, not not in that sense, but in the sort of yeah, no, yeah of course, of course, um, yes, yes, they're Xenos, but I'm just using them. I'm just using them. Yeah, all I ne- all I need is their attack. We turn the legions on them in a hundred years. That's fine. Don't worry about that. Because I'm the lion. I'm an asshole. Yeah, that's true. I guess one thing we haven't considered is maybe just trying to speak to the hive mind and be like, guys, just go to another galaxy, mate. It's just, it's just not worth it, <laughs> <laughs> right? But that—that's when you discover that we're the only galaxy left. Yeah, that that well, it'd be good to know, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and one thing point, we haven't sudden, talked about. All of a sudden, chaos looks a lot more attractive. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I'm, go- I'm going straight to Slanesh. <laughs> Screw it. Literally. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, right? You wake mm-hmm. up as Lionel Johnson. How do we feel about this reverential system that the Imperium has become? What, how do we feel about the God Emperor? I think I would. It's so difficult, right? Because you're dealing with 10,000 years of cultural worship. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, Sean, don't like that the Imperium has become a theocratic fascist state. As opposed to just the fascist state that it was in the Great Crusade. As <laughs> yes, it's, getting, it's getting tremendously worse, yes. As Lionel Johnson, though, do I just use it? 
I well, think back you... to your point from before, like, do I'm an do, asshole? Like, yeah, well, yes, but but do we do we go for an audience with the emperor? I think you have to. You, but, uh, but as no, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that means we get a one-on-one audience. Do we just sort of? Well, obviously, we try to talk to him first, but do we just kill him and see what happens? I would want to talk to to the king in yellow first. Like, Why, if, not, you could, if you could just ask the emperor, like, who who knows? If you if you can get the one on one audience with with the emperor, like Gilliman had, absolutely. The point is he, probably would have, he probably would have told Gilliman, like, oh, what happens if I just <laughs> what happens if I just stab you? By the way, I think Valdor might be trying to do that. Do I let him? Yeah, but but also though. Can't I just say that that meeting was whatever I wanted it to be? Of course, yeah. So, yeah, I think I just, I think I, you absolutely go to Tara and you have the meeting with the Emperor. And you say, you know, you get the answers to all the questions that you want. Then you come out of that meeting and you go to the the, the Senate and speak to the High Lords and you go, yeah, Gilliman's in charge of everything except the military i'm in charge of the military we'll work together and then also to fuck with rabuta i just replace a few of the high lords like he did i'd replace i'd replace a few of the high lords just but not even like good like obviously intentionally bad substitutions i don't know like that just to fuck with rabuta (laughs) that that would be quite funny but i wouldn't i wouldn't probably do that but i would for example probably make Azrael the high lord uh, he's my proxy on the council. Yeah, but I sort of want him. Yeah, but he can nominate a proxy. Maybe not Azra. Maybe Dante. There's an idea. <laughs> no, because I, I, it's just too funny to have him be in charge of Imperium Nihilus. <laughs> no, I see. I think Dante being Lord Regent of Imperium Nihilus, High Lord of Terra, stuck on Terra, not Mate, able to have any. Why do you hate Dante all. so much? Even his I chance, think that's too cruel. His <laughs> chance of dying in battle goes to zero. Uh, he's just dying slowly inside because he has to Actually, do I think, politics. I think you disband the High Lords as a thing. I think if you've got yourself and Rabute, you just go, all right, we have a triumvirate. Me, Rabute, and Trajan Dolores. That's that's what rules the Imperium now. The High Lords can still exist as an, as an administrative body, but the idea of them as the supreme authority has just completely gone now. I think. I'm probably, like... I'm probably just rehaving legions as well. Chapters of Space Marines don't make any sense. We're going back to legions. Um... Yeah... Like yeah, fu- I don't see any issue with that. I, I, I'd obviously re-establish my own legion as like the oh, big yeah, fuck absolutely. I'm having, I'm rebuilding the first. Bring all the unforgiven back into you're all just dark angels now. You always were, but you probably are. I'd probably say that any legion, any first founding legion that has its own primarch can be a legion. Everyone else has to be chapters. That's the way to do it. What's the point of having successive chapters? Just make them all legions, right? 
Yeah. But you see with the Blood Angels when Baal's under attack, like it, they all come mm. well, the, to the aid is, of the Blood Angels. So it's like you might as well just be one legion. It's essentially just to stop the Ultramarines being too big, I think. Because no one else has that many successes, really. Like the chapters. Yeah. The, Un- the Unforgiven and the Chapters of the Blood are a big, a lot of Marines. But the the Ultramarine successors are like, it's like 10,000 chapters or something. I also think that you tear up the uh, Codex Astartes. I think you just, I think, and it, I know Gilliman is like revising it. I think you just have to have a conversation with him where you go, these guys are fucking stupid. Like the Imperium of the 41st millennium is just too stupid for you to not rip it up in front of them and say, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm writing yeah. a new doctrine of warfare. Like it's this idea, of, you know, he's, he's come back and he's, oh, it was only meant to be guidelines. You shouldn't follow it too seriously. Blah, 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 blah. I, th- I don't think they're smart enough to understand that. <laughs> exactly. The two indoctrinators. I probably execute someone as well. Like really, really it's like like the arch pope of the ecclesiarchy or some something. Yeah, again, like, but, but this is where I'm hoping that forest walking is real, so you can just show up behind him as he's giving, giving some sort of sermon and just chop his head off and mm. que- like very slowly resheathe your blade and then just leave again. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, there's lots of small things that we've suggested there. I do think the big one is you just, you sort of don't worry about the current state of the Imperium. You reckon Gilliman is well-placed to deal with that, and you go yeah. and kill Abaddon. I think you go on, you know, you, you, you go on your Pokemon journey. Yeah, you, you make your list. You go and collect all the, all the dudes. You, you become the human version of Trazen, essentially. You know, you're just collecting all the... <laughs> Yeah, but all, all your that fallen you're brothers. And yeah, all that you're collecting is heads. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that will that we've obviously skated over, which is one hundred percent what would actually happen, were we to wake up as Lionel Johnson tomorrow, is we would both fall to chaos in maybe five seconds. I would not. You so would. I'd keep a watcher nearby to make sure I didn't. Oh, oh yeah, as if one watcher is enough. I I think we'd both fall to chaos very rapidly. We'd both fall to Zinch, wouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> we'd be doing way too much plotting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we'd have that scene where, where sort of one one moment we just sort of look in the mirror and go, "Shit, have I become the bad guy?" <laughs> the thing is, and I that's think when Zinch is, has you. I think the thing is, if you're Lionel Johnson, the answer is yes. But I don't yes, care. well, if you're anyone in 40k, the answer is yes. Am I the bad guy? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. I think I think we've been talking for a really long time. I think we probably want to bring this to an, to yeah, a, something let's, approaching let's, a close. Let's wrap up. So so I think yes, you let Gilliman handle the Imperium. Gilliman and yeah. Dante has sort of handle the Imperium. You you go and collect heads and take names. Mm. Gilliman, point me at problems. I I will go fix the problems that you identify. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, I can I can fix my own problems. Uh, we talk to the emperor to get an idea on that. We try and find yeah. the king in yellow. Yeah. We try to subvert the Tau. Yes. We talk to the Eldar in some way, and and the Necrons, I think. And you talked. Well, you talked to the Silent King very specifically. Yeah. Specifically, the Silent King. Yeah. Uh, and then we just put a pin in the nids. 
and, and <laughs> worry about that another day. <laughs> Hope that that's a problem. That fixes I know that our plot armor somehow. is thick enough that we will always retreat to our very last fortress monastery, and then something will happen to kill them all. And maybe, maybe try and get some other Primarchs, but yeah, no, I, I don't hate that idea. I think it doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I think I think that's exactly right. Doesn't hurt. So I think we we've been pretty all encompassing. I guess one of the major threats we didn't really talk about the orcs, but they just they just kind they're of not like a coherent a, threat. Exactly, they they just pop up and you deal with them as and when. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. they're, li- they're literally your oh, there's also orcs here. Problem, like they're, they're, you got to keep an eye on them, make sure they don't get too big. But if they get too big, yeah, you just throw a hundred space marines at them. Yeah, agreed. Fixed it. Well, no, you don't even need that anymore because now you can just throw a, a regiment of oh um, yeah, pulse pulse rifle, pulse rifle <laughs> wielding guard at the problem, and you know everything's solved. <laughs> I think that that might be the best thing you have ever said on one of these podcasts. I get that. Your I get pulse rifles for the Imperium. God, that's so scary. So we wake up as Lionel Johnson, and the Imperium gets pulse rifles, and it's solved great it. Place. Solved it. Well, I think we can end it there. I think that's that's quite a punchy end. Um, yeah. Let us so know. we rambled um, as, <laughs> as we spoke, expected. We spoke for a really long time. But you know, let let us let us know what you would do as the Lion, as Lionel Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, were you to wake up right now in the 40k timeline and also let us know who you want to see next in the wake up our series i mean it'll be another year before we do another one obviously uh, it will be <laughs> ne- <laughs> next next one high on my list to do is mace windu i think mace windu i think is a really good one um i'm, I'm a big fan of mace windu as an idea yeah um but yeah let us know who, who, who you might want to you know get our undeniably correct opinions on yeah, not Henry VIII. Wild. No, we're not doing Henry VIII. It's just not happening. Um, but yeah, on that note, thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise, check out our website expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Come back next time for some more absolute nonsense.